if you're feeling lost, if you want to connect with your intuition and you want to have a stronger mindset, then stay with us and watch this episode. <laughs> I need to stretch my butt. Hello, welcome to Women's World Podcast. Irmina here today as usual and today I have a guest. My guest is Stephanie. She's the expert of Kundalini and ice baths. It's going to be an interesting conversation, so don't leave us. Listen up. Um, so I will start with Kundalini now. Um, I have to be honest. Like I was never really open about my spiritual side on social media, uh, but actually I am spiritual. And this August, I have done my most crazy experience, and that was ayahuasca. If you don't know about it or you want to know my experience, just comment below and I will tell you more or maybe even make a video about it. For me, it felt like uh, a rebirth, and it was just, it just was crazy. It was so intense. There are no words to explain it. I found myself in many ways, in different ways. I see things from different perspectives. And definitely I'm more positive and more motivated the whole time. I'm not saying that it's for everyone and probably you also don't say that about Kundalini, mm -hmm. um, but it's very, very beneficial. So what I also um, want to share that even the scientific fact is that ayahuasca, after ayahuasca use more than 80% of uh, subjects showed clinical, clinical improvements that persisted at six months. So it means that they were not depressed. And indeed, this is what I can't feel. I could never get depressed, it feels like. But now I am now four months post or five months post ayahuasca. We'll see how I feel afterwards. Uh, but so far, this is exactly what I feel. So just more happy, actually. So around that time, uh, when I had to do my ceremony, this is when I actually got to know Stephanie. Um, I already booked my ceremony in August and then I saw that she was doing Kundalini. Actually, it really drew my attention and the way she is about talking about life and how spiritual she is and what a strong mindset she has. I thought this woman is crazy. I need to meet her and she needs to be here today. So that's why. Hello. Welcome. Finally. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, please let me tell me more about Kundalini. What I saw, I didn't do it yet, but I booked my session tomorrow, so I'm coming tomorrow. And what I found on the internet was that uh, when Kundalini and Shakti begin to ascend, we can live our lives with a deeper transcendental awareness and understanding, defined purpose and incredible power. Is that correct that Kundalini awakens? It brings heightened awareness, incredible energy, clarity and spiritual awakening. Yes, it's true. Um... So your Kundalini energy is um, actually your life force energy, and um, they often show it as the two snakes, your Shakti and your Shiva, that are um, situated here. And when they awake, they're gonna go up and down. And when your Kundalini is, is truly awakened, uh, it's possible that your intuition gets better. Um, also that your life will change, mm -hmm. um, that like, some people don't resonate with you anymore, so that you Just will take some distance yeah. from people. A lot of other people who are more in line with you will like come into your life. Um, it's going to be easier to make certain decisions. Maybe you're going to quit your job and just going to do something totally different. And uh, often you feel more centered with your own energy and um, more yeah, in peace. Okay, that sounds a little bit like the alternative of ayahuasca. Just ayahuasca probably is more more intense. Mm -hmm. yes. And we use a substance. Yeah, we we get something in its, its eight-hour trip, actually. Mm -hmm. So, And you actually have to die before you have to experience the death experience before you enter the whole uh, vision trip. And um, no, it's not scary, by the way. <laughs> it's not it's it feel it felt just so peaceful and so right and indeed like you say all of those things i felt that as well the centeredness and mm -hmm. cutting off some people from my life and just feeling what's right but um i read as well another interesting thing i heard that it releases sexual feminine energy removes the blockages uh, from your body helps to deal with the sexual traumas and stuff is that correct have you ever healed some woman that has sexual traumas yourself? 
Uh, it is possible, but uh, I first want to say something about a misconception there is because okay. a lot of people think I will do Kundalini and then I will make like the big movements like often you see in the YouTube videos. Yeah. It's not how it is. It's possible that you will make a lot of movements and when it truly awakes, it, your body just guides you to the ways to, or like to the movements you have to make, but it's not necessary. Like if you just have a calm session, it doesn't mean that it didn't work or that it was not good enough. So that's the first thing I want to say about it. Does it work just after? Sorry to interrupt, but does it work just afterwards sometimes? Because that's what yeah. people have it on Ayahuasca too. They just mm-hmm. say, sure. I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. And then they come out and all of a sudden their life starts yeah. changing 100%. Yeah, it's it's always like a, a process that you start and like it's not yeah. something you do now and then it stops it again. Yeah. It's like something it's like that continues. I often have people who say like, I don't think I felt anything or I didn't have like the, the physical um, sensations, but they were like with their heads in the air and, but they were not just not aware of it. And I often get like people or like women in my sessions that went through sexual abuse mm-hmm. uh, or like just men crossing their boundaries, just trying whenever they said no. Um, and I don't know if everyone get that in their sessions, but I do have a lot of women who experienced. Okay. Can you tell any uh, examples of some women that really went through a lot and how many sessions do they have to take? Is it one-time session that's effective or do you need to repeat them? It really depends on the person. Like uh, there's no guideline or like I will never say, okay, you need uh, this many sessions. It's very personal for everyone. Some people they can easily let go and, and just interact with the energy. But for other people, like the ego is, is there and then they want to uh, like, oh, I felt this, but and then they want to like, find an explanation for everything. So right, to control everything. it really depends on the person, how easily like all the blockages open up and like the energy starts uh, flowing. So, yeah. yeah. But like, I see a lot of women, even like women who didn't have like, any sexual abuse that are really tuning in more into their feminine energy because like once the energy is flowing they make like the movements and they really feel like oh, i love myself this is my temple like yeah. i'm gonna get more confident so they move the insecurity yeah and for me like i personally experienced some sexual abuse when i was like young i think like 23 yeah you told me and i've done a lot of kundalini sessions before yeah. i started facilitating and I realized or I noticed like after I think like four or five sessions, mm-hmm. I could really like feel like the abuse again. It started happening again. I could feel like the energy like coming together and then and it was like coming all the way up and I felt like I had to vomit, like n- not for real, but like energetically vomiting. And I just started screaming so much and it was like disconnecting from the trauma, but yeah. I was 23 back then, so for so many years, I told myself, okay, this didn't happen. So, yeah, you don't lose it or disconnect from it after like one or two or three sessions. Like, I've been doing this work now for like three, four years, and there's still every time a little piece of the trauma that's coming to the surface. So, do you also do the ceremony? You follow the ceremony as well, or you just give the ceremony? No, no, I follow it. I think I did like maybe 30 sessions before I started um, doing the training. And even now, like sometimes I go to a colleague to um, join their sessions or I do so many other ceremonies as well. Yeah, yeah. Is there something you can advise for the girls that have been going through it? Should they definitely just make a decision and go for something like that? Or should they wait until they're ready? Or what would be your advice? I think you really need to tune into your own energy and like feel like, does my gut feeling says like I'm ready? Um, but yeah, I don't think you can like really prepare to release the trauma because yeah. it's going to be painful. It's going to be sad again, but yeah, just feel uh, or listen to your gut feeling because all the answers are there. So, um, and yeah, you can, you can um, try Kundalini or maybe like a plant ceremony or uh, what also helps is like if you have a partner, because a lot of people struggle with, with the partner or they, they say like, I still feel like uh, insecure sometimes or I feel like my body is contracting with my partner even 
do I know that he's actually loving and it's not with bad intentions, just communicate about it. Mm-hmm. I have the same with my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I feel like, or whenever he's touching like the inside of my legs too fast, feel my body is like, I don't want this. And, and I'm also like struggling and like my mind is telling me like, okay, Steph, he's loving. It's not a bad intention, but yeah. I communicate with him like, look, I'm not in the mood because you touched too fast some part of my body. And I just explain it because if I would ignore it and like keep it for myself, then yeah. I'm suppressing yeah. the trauma again. Yeah, maybe maybe the ceremony, ceremony is, I don't know if it's probably with Kandalini the same, but Ayahuasca also helped me in a way to express my love language different. I guess tomorrow Kundalini will help me even more. But indeed, all of those insecurities and stuff, sometimes they're blocking you off or indeed sexual trauma, uh, abuse. And sometimes we girls, we women don't know how to express ourselves or we don't know what to say. And at that moment, we just block it off because everyone everyone has a different uh, way of uh, communicating and um, solving problems. Some people really just need space and then they take the space and then they talk after some people block it off completely some people talk it in the right moment talk about it and some people just let it be and then think about it afterwards that it was a mistake so there are so many different ways but i think the more that like you say if you release the energy more and you work on that um with ceremonies with the sessions or just other spiritual ways I think you will be also more relaxed to, about it and more willing to say the the real the real thoughts what you're thinking, mm-hmm. and that's yeah that's what I think we have a lot often the problem. So we do, we just don't see what we think and yeah and often it's like sometimes people say uh, it's because I don't want to hurt the other person yeah but sometimes that's not the, that's not the real reason you're scared to say what you think or feel because it's not because you don't want to hurt the other person but the reaction that she or he will give you can maybe hurt you or make you feel uncomfortable yeah exactly and that's often what it is like uh, oh, if I say this like well he still like me and I can if there's he's gonna give me an answer then how do I need to react yeah. but I think it's just super important to always express how you feel what you like or don't like and mm-hmm. never let someone cross that boundary yeah. because otherwise you also cross your own boundary or could be also a fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's maybe a little bit the same, but indeed I had this insight lately as well. It keeps coming indeed after Yavaska still six months past, still keeps coming to me, like my growth, developments, so what's wrong with me, where can I get better, what's good about me. The, the also appreciation for life is there and the fear of rejection, something I never really wanted to admit. I guess, and now I realize it's there. So, but that will be for another podcast anyway. <laughs> anyway, indeed, these are things that can block us off completely. And um, if you're not in, if it's, let's say if you're not spiritual and you don't know how to work on your feminine energy, I suggest just to always go like to dance classes and yeah. um, take, do maybe yoga or just hang out with a woman. Just do feminine energy. Or like even painting yeah. or... Is there something you also suggest if you're really not spiritual or you you are against it? Or you never meet people like that? I think that what is spirituality? Because like people think it's oh, a I, need, I need to do like uh, yoga or like dive into certain things, but just like being aware of yourself, of who you are. It's also something spiritual. Yeah. And yeah, what I also love to do is like just painting whenever I feel sad or like I don't know how to express my emotion and just take like a big canvas, some paints and I just use my fingers and I start like putting my emotion on, on canvas. Okay, that's a good idea. Because then you're not like really thinking or overthinking. Yeah. You're just expressing what you feel in the moment. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe we shall try. Dancing, sometimes just jumping up and down to release mm-hmm. the energy that yeah. there's so many ways just to listen to the body what the body needs yeah exactly well um talking about the sexual abuse and stuff um i want to share a little story that i saw on mike tyson documentary um there was a girl she claims that she was raped by mike tyson 
like many others probably for the money too, but who, who knows, maybe there are some things really going on. What he said, his story, his side of a story was that they went to the hotel and he said, get naked, we will have now, we will have sex. But for her, it was too rude. It was too rude for her and she ran out of the hotel. She claims that he raped her, that he went there, he took her by force and she sued him. But now my question is like, how do you know as a woman, if I'm just playing a victim, because it's hard, it's hard reality, but sometimes it is. Am I playing a victim or is it a real, was it a real rape or was it an abuse? And how do you, did you see this in other women when they come to Kundalini or from your own experience, how did you deal with this situation? Yeah, you cannot really know if they are a victim because it's their story. And maybe in that moment they felt like a victim, like if it was too rude or too loud, like. It's also your perception of the situation. So how you see it from for him, maybe he, he maybe he was just clear and he said, like, look, I really like you. Yeah. Get naked because I want to have sex with you. He just expressed yeah. what he wanted that, in that moment. That can be a man, eh? like yeah. oh, come on. <laughs> you know? And they simply just say what what they like. They see a pretty woman, get naked. Yeah. I want to have sex with you. From her point of view, maybe okay, we don't know what happens if they really mm, sex. I don't know you. Maybe for her was like too violent or like, you know, so she, she was maybe a victim at her point of view, yeah. but it's also, yeah, I think just like, yeah, setting boundaries. If you don't like it, then don't do it. Then don't go there. But it's also part of a process often. And maybe through that situation, she learned a lot. So I don't, I don't think we really can say like, uh, this is the victim or she's not a victim yeah. because yeah, it's you perfect. never know how it feels for that person it's in, in it. And the end of the story was actually also that I remember now. The end of the story was that she um, wanted to be a partner. Like she wanted to be really in a relationship with him. But he didn't really want serious relationship. He just wanted to have sex. And that was, I think for her, um, like how I see it, she was mad. She was just really angry and she said that he raped him. And that's why sometimes I don't know what even to believe. Are people just mad and saying that someone hurts you and you're the victim or they're really, really, really hurt? And is, is there something really serious that happened? So yeah, maybe she was hurt, like not in a physical way, but just like emotionally, because yeah, we don't know the story. Maybe they spent more time together. She was really like showing her heart or letting him into her heart and then yeah she's yeah. hurt yeah yeah a breakup is also uh heartbreaking <laughs> yeah it, it hurts yeah that's true yeah well um yeah i'm curious how it's gonna be tomorrow tomorrow i'm following it so as an ayahuasca as well you're fasting you're not drinking any stimulant no you're just like um we can still eat Normal, only try to like the two hours before the session. Do not drink coffee too much and, and like not eat anything. Then your stomach is like kind of empty. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, there is a lot of in between for the energy yeah. to like. Well, the, I think the more pure you are, the better. I guess uh, tomorrow I'll probably not eat much. And it's okay because that also teach me in ayahuasca. I fasted for 26 hours before the ceremony. It was my own choice. You don't have to, but it was my own choice, not alone for the purging, but just because I really wanted to do the best of it. This is the only time, maybe, maybe first and last time I'm doing this in my life. I want to make it worth it. I will, I want to sure feel something. I want to sure come out with a lot of insights and have this effect for a longer period of time in my life. And, um, that wasn't. One or two months, even preparation, I did dieta. You know what it is? It's like, so you're, it's a full detox. So I was vegan. I um, didn't drink alcohol, no coffee. Uh, what I did have before was a coffee addiction. And apparently ayahuasca really fixes that. So I don't know if Kundalini does. Like you stop with all the... Yeah, it can, it can fix certain yeah. thing. I was, of course, you need to put it intention. Yeah. And it always gives you what you need. Yeah. So. Well, like, if you're looking for answers and that's what I was looking for, like 
man, can't I survive a day without a coffee? But it was at some point three coffees per day. It, I, I just, I just couldn't see my day going through, through without stimulants. And after the, actually before the ceremony, I had to quit completely with caffeine and I was really cold turkey. I was shaking. I was nervous. I had headache. I was angry. I was all, I was tired. I was everything, but not healthy in my opinion. But then I went through that period, that one week of cold turkey. And then I saw, whoa, this is actually clarity, not taking stimulants. Mm -hmm. Because with stimulants, you think you are more aware, more heightened, but it's the opposite. So less stimulants is more awakening. And yeah, of course. Yeah, you feel more and you, you think more clear and your thoughts are more organized. Um, so yeah, I quit caffeine uh, completely. And sometimes, of course, I still enjoy in a cafe or something, but it's not a necessity for me anymore. And... Um, yeah, what I wanted to say with all the preparation for me, it was exciting. I was like, I was asking you, is there something I need to prepare? Because I missed in a way the preparation of ayahuasca because then you have a goal and then you're going for it and you know you have to stay vegan, you can't eat meat and you start looking at things different. You start to have different type of energy. You start to feel the energy from other people also way more intense. It's like you can tell even from eye contact if it's if it's a good vibe or okay I need to take this still for me and that was just I was so sensitive and so aware of everything around me um, so then yeah that was also a part no sex for uh, ten days that wasn't <laughs> difficult if you have a partner of course you need to explain and I just wanted to be pure as hell like the purest I can. And afterwards, it just it still stays. You enjoy the food and stuff, but it takes a while before you come back. But the moment you are back into your old habits, like I'm not really fully in, in the old habits, but like junk food, I still enjoy in the weekend and stuff. And it gives like this guilt feeling of like, do I really need it? Like I, I actually enjoy with ayahuasca preparation. I saw how much more I enjoy the food. Yeah, but I think you also don't need to be too hard for yourself because we don't need it, but we're living in a society that's going so fast and yeah. like sometimes you don't have time to like make something healthy. Yeah. Um, so what I always tell to my clients, even like after the Kundalini session, mm -hmm. try to eat balanced uh, for as long as you can if you want to stay in like this high energy. But like, I will tell them like if you go home now and you really want to drink a glass of red wine or you want to eat like a size of pizza, then don't feel guilty because the guilt is even worse for your body yeah. because it's giving you stress and it's not good for the stomach than just eating it in the moment and just enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's also true. That's also a good perspective. And like I do it in my, in my own personal life. Like me and my boyfriend, we almost only eat healthy. So we never go to a supermarket. We, we buy everything at the farm, uh, grass-fed meats, um, raw milk, raw honey, um, we even make our own body lotions, shampoos, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, you're really, really also... But it's really a sacrifice because it takes a long time. Um, it's a yeah, habit you have to... It's, yeah, it's really a habit. I stopped drinking alcohol since July, even before I was not drinking a lot. But I saw it's like conditioned by society. Like yeah. the weekend, Friday evening, Saturday, you go have dinner or like just to drink with friends. And automatically I was ordering like a petal or like a red wine I was thinking yeah why am I doing this because is it because I really like the taste or just because it's like going like this automatically because everyone is ordering something yeah. and then I just decided to quit for like one or two months and like today I'm still not drinking yeah okay so we are only eating healthy yeah. and like every now and then like this weekend for example we had like visits so we made like a few things with gluten and, and yeah Sometimes we also eat the mm -hmm. kebab, some rice and meats, but it's like, yeah, I yeah, think like, it's like once a month. That, uh, you know, Dr. Hyperman, he also was saying that the, the, the biggest mistake, the, the biggest error in the society is like, if you don't drink when you're out with friends, they're like, what's wrong with you? Or mm -hmm. like, uh, what's up with you today? You're not drinking? Yeah. That's, that's, that's bad, actually. We should be saying like, 
And how good did you take care of your body? Take care of your body. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had the same. My friends were like, "What? Why you don't drink? You you're not an addict. Yeah. You don't have like alcohol problems. Like, no, but I'm choosing for myself that I want to like you just not drink for quit completely as long as I can to see what it does with my body. If it's like suppressing certain emotions, yeah. because also like, well, with my boyfriend in the beginning, yeah, obviously you have a lot of sex because yeah. you just know each other, got to know each other, yeah. and then yeah. Um, but I was thinking like, whenever we come back from a party and I'm just drinking a couple of glasses, like you have sex and you want to reach this like ultimate state, but I was always going up and then I was not getting there. So I was thinking like, maybe if I stop drinking, those couple of glasses, maybe like suppress yeah. the things that I feel. And that was my biggest goal. Why did I stop drinking? Just to see if that would be different, like yeah. sexually. And... Yeah, I just never started yeah. drinking again. It definitely still because I don't need it. I don't need it. And like, it's also like a thing when when people party. Sometimes people they they tell me like, oh, I could never do that. Yeah, you're just dancing without alcohol. I need few glasses. Mm-hmm. Well, it's wrong. It's, it's, it's yeah. wrong actually. They're afraid to. Yeah, they were they were thinking too much. Like, to be. how do I need to move? Will people look at me like? I oh, know. And then they just yeah. drink a few glasses to disconnect from the minds, and then they're just yeah. tuning into their own energy yeah um so yeah you can also like not drink and just yeah something i'm also working on uh in my uh workshops in the sensual dance workshops i let the girls close their eyes and pick a partner and the partner has to touch them and when they touch them they have to slightly start moving that part of the body i'm gonna post this tonight but it was it was just so beautiful to see yesterday i cried I really cried because of just the joy and the goosebumps that I had, how people really open up when they feel not judged. Mm-hmm. And it was just simply because they were with closed eyes. Just that. And then they were like, oh, really? That looked good. And I was like, that looks awesome. And, and, and yeah, mirror is just our enemy, actually. Yeah, true. We are our enemies. Yeah, yeah. anyway. Uh, I experienced that as well when I was doing like, a television show, Million Dollar Island. We were on a desolated island okay. and there were no mirrors. So when I came back from the island and I saw myself for the first time, I was like, okay, this is how I look. And it was weird. And then I started realizing like it's our enemy. Because if there's no mirror, we cannot like you can't compare. You, know. you can only look at yourself like this and you cannot compare like, oh, yeah, yeah. she is like a nice uh yeah. body like i mine is not like this you cannot compare yourself so yeah. yeah i think the confidence also and uh the the self-worth comes from within it mm-hmm. comes from inside it's not what you see in the mirror because of course it's good to see yourself in the mirror and to be happy and proud of yourself the body you achieved or whatever but for some people it's not the case for some people it's it's too confronting and it's less confronting to actually work on the self-development which should be the start of everything the self-development is the start of everything um yeah so uh you were saying did i just heard which is you were saying you were on tv yeah on uh which million dollar island and it, what was that about it was just like an island there were like 100 people who got dropped on a desolated island and we had to Try to survive. Okay. So catch your own food uh, or your own fish or sleeping on the beach, uh, yeah. just on the sand. Um, so you're really connected also. with Yeah, you're super connected with nature. Um, you're not eating a lot, just like a banana, coconut, like maybe some crabs. But yeah, your body is empty and you're like more sensitive for everything around you. Okay. So it was a really nice experience. And you're not like... Yeah, you don't have to go to the supermarket anymore. You don't have to do anything. You don't have any um, feeling of time. Yeah. Because you, you cannot see what time it is. Mm-hmm. You're just living on a rhythm of nature. And yeah, there is like space to deal with emotions mm-hmm. because we're always so busy in society yeah. to do this and this and this. And we never take the time to really deal with our emotions. And there are like a lot of things were just coming to the surface. And I was like crying. Mm-hmm. When I was just floating in the water and I was like, okay, there's still like some sadness that has to come out of my body. I don't know really what it's connected to, but there is still something that 
I went to face before or after your Kundalini uh, I was work? Be- be- just right before I started doing the training. Yeah. Yeah. So that was maybe also an eye opening for yeah. you. That yeah. society. And I really felt like when, when they dropped me back into society, I was like, okay, what we do here, that's surviving. It's not living. What I was doing there, that was living. I, I didn't have to do anything. I was just like staring to the ocean for like four hours, yeah. picking my own banana from the three. And then, then you come back and you have to spend so much money just on the basics. Mm-hmm. Even if you see now, like you have to pay for the banana. Like a roof, a roof, a house, electricity, water. You're easily paying 1,500 euro a month. And it's just for the basics. You're not even living and doing what you really like. It just to be like parts and number in this world. So for me, it was like, whoa, yeah. this is surviving. You know, when I did ayahuasca for me, the one of the biggest factors why it went so great was also the guides, the shamans and the guides. Um, drinking the plant medicine is definitely like, say it's, it's already everything you need, but when there's someone like softly dancing, chanting or playing music and helping you out whenever you need. This is so important. And mm-hmm. I feel like they really made the whole thing perfect. Also the cooking afterwards and everything like that. So tell me about it because you were mentioning that you started also guiding with mushroom ceremony. Yes, indeed. A um, couple of weeks ago, like, yeah, I did my training um, and I guided my boyfriend in his first plant medicine session with mushrooms. And I already did a lot of sessions by myself. Um, peyote, I did before, I did um, mushrooms, truffles. And I think guidance is really, really important um, because like, if you do it on your own, like sometimes people tell me, ah, why you don't like take some mushrooms and you go to the forest because everything's yeah, moving. I've done that. It can be nice, <laughs> but like... That was, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah but awesome. But what I personally prefer is like just stay in a safe space, environment, and dive into your inner process because like this we see every day okay it's it's cool and it's like yeah it's wavy like but with those plant medicine and all those kind of things if you were doing it outside the environment of the the ceremony room or ceremony place whatever or this jungle then you're just absorbing the environment sort of but then it's like do you really use it to like connect with yourself or is it more like because you want to trip and it's like a thin line between those. But I'll how prefer it is just like, yeah, people come. Uh, we will put like some intentions. So we will do some rapé just to like ground. Also with mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Before. So put intentions with mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and I let them just like um, put their own amounts in, in like a cacao because it's easier to drink. And it's a hard opener as well. Um, and they just put the amount that they prefer and then put it in their own cacao they blend it they can like make connection with the medicine already and then they drink it and then i just guide them through breath work in a session because it takes about like 20 30 minutes before the medicine starts working so what you can often have is like the shipper and like getting really really cold Mm -hmm. and i experienced if you do like some breath work before during the time that the medicine needs to like really start working, then you're so busy with like the breathing that it's often easier to like get into your process and you will not experience like the coldness and the shiver. Yeah. And there's like not so much like um, fighting of the ego or like, oh, is it, is it working already? How many time I'm already waiting? Like, so it's easier to just like dive into yeah. it like meditation yeah and then yeah we also use like sometimes like spotify some some music sometimes we switch to like a drum um or or like uh, the some other instruments like a rain stick or um i have some um other tools uh yeah different sorts of instruments what would be your advice for people that want to do something like that but they are afraid to do something spiritual like spirit they're looking for themselves they're looking for answers they want to set their intentions but they don't know where to start there are so many things 
these days you can choose anything. You can do ayahuasca, you can do kundalini, you can do uh, the plant medicine, uh, the, the mushroom trip. And there are plenty other ones as well. There's so many options. I just, how to choose where to start. And if you're really afraid, what would be your advice? How to make the stuff? I think you just listen to your gut feeling again. Like, yeah, don't make a decision with the brain or like not say to yourself, okay, now I'm going to do ayahuasca because everyone is doing it. Yeah. Just feel, is this something that I need? And your body will tell you. Um, and just inform you well, because there's a lot of people who are doing this work uh, these days. And yeah, just feel like if you have like a good connection with that person, because I also often saw some people and they, they tell me, oh, I work with this medicine or this medicine. But if I feel like, I don't know if I would follow that session with that person, if I could like surrender myself. And if, if you already have that feeling, like, I don't know if I can surrender with this person or shaman or like, guide then don't do it just listen and like you always need to feel comfortable yeah and but, but just the right intention don't do it because everyone is doing it and don't think like oh this is like a wonderful medicine and like i'm, I'm gonna do ayahuasca or like any other thing and the next day i'm healed and my life will completely change because that's not what it is you get like insights and answers yeah. but you haven't that you have to apply that in your life and yesterday i had a, a talk with my friends he said, I also know a girl from the Netherlands and she was like totally lost. And she said, okay, I'm going to do ayahuasca. And she decided just to go to um, South America all on her own. And she went to the jungle to do ayahuasca and she got into a coma. And she was in South America for two months in a coma. Mm -hmm. And they had to bring her back to the Netherlands and like, yeah, she couldn't talk well. And like, there was an entire process and... That's also her process, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. But she was thinking, okay, I go there, I take this medicine, and then uh, everything will be clear for me. Maybe also a lesson she had to learn in her life. Yeah, mm -hmm. but she was not doing it for the right reason. Before, she was taking a lot of drugs, and she was like, okay, now I'm going to do ayahuasca, and yeah. like, I will have like an amazing trip, and I will become better. And I'll yeah. yeah. Put the right intention yeah. and like make it very clear for yourself what you want to get out of it. But yeah, that was her process. Yeah, it's like, if you abuse the medicine, then it also shows you what you yeah. need to see. Like some people take mushrooms in a festival and they have like a bad trip. Yes, because is your intention to get your answers or is it just to like uh, see all the colors and party and like a different environment with music and people and like, you also absorb all the, because you're more aware, you're more open, more sensitive. You also absorb all the negative things. Yeah. So, yeah, if you abuse it, you also get your answer and exactly. you can have like a very, very bad trip. Um, I got that when I was 16. I, I tripped for the first time when I was 16 on a festival. It was a Goa festival, a psychedelic festival. And I think I took like LSD for two days straight without sleeping and like I was partying. And then, yeah, yeah I saw all the cars and it was amazing yeah. because I was 16 and it was not busy with like will I get answers it was just like oh yeah I didn't like my reality mm -hmm. I never fitted in and that was my moment of like letting go of everything yeah until one person reached out to me a guy who was much older he also tried to get me into his van and I started freaking out like oh leave me alone leave me alone and uh he was also touching me and then I got like a very bad trip yeah because I was not doing it in a safe space and it was like I didn't touch any psychedelics anymore yeah. for more than 14 years okay. i was so scared of psychedelics mm -hmm. when people talked about it i was like no that's drugs i don't want to do this yeah. i was like against because i had like a very very bad experience yeah. now that i do it in like safe environments mm -hmm. like the right guidance it's totally different yeah, exactly that's maybe also the biggest tip um that if you want to do you do it in a place where you feel safe and where you feel where you have good recommendations mm -hmm. that the people really had a good experience at. and don't do it on your so a lot yeah. of people do it on their own yeah i suggest always like to have a friend with you who stays sober like just in case mm -hmm. um, yeah in ayahuasca it's not uh, the possibility you cannot do that but they, you have the guy no but like you have mushrooms or, or truffles that yeah. people do it on their own at home you can do that yesterday and you know i like you just said about the girl yesterday i met another girl as well a girl um for the first time and she had the ayahuasca trip as well but 
impulsively went just without intentions because her boyfriend did it and she did it in a jungle in uh, Puerto Rico. But um, the outcome, of course, was it was good also, but as as comparing with mine, I saw that there were some gaps and maybe it was not as good as mine because mine was really guided with, with the shamans and with the guides and it was very calculated. You cannot drink so many shots after this hour. Timing, everything was just so, so well thought through. Um, uh, and with her, it was a bit... Yeah, it was like you come there, it's a jungle, there is a shaman, he stand, uh, uh, they're singing a bit, yeah. Um, then uh, he gave the drink and that was it. You cannot choose more or less, you cannot say what you feel or they just come to guide you a little bit next to you, but it's still, I think it's more wild. Like it's really in traditional way how they, how they do it in jungle. Mm -hmm. But here you have so many good, good centers, healing centers. And I think it just yeah, depends. Make it's... your research and just go where you mm -hmm. where you feel safe. But still, maybe that's the process that she had to go through. Yeah. And like yeah. next time she Definitely. will think uh, or like yeah, think more about where yeah. she wants to go. Because I did one in, in the jungle as well in Mexico. Yeah, okay. And I was like, I also did it very impulsively because like yeah, all the people called, from, you know, was a peyote. Peyote? Yeah, it it's like a, um, yeah, a cactus. Okay. So it's also a drink that you get and... But the, the outcome is also similar. Yeah. You see visuals, you feel things, you get answers. But uh, yeah, everyone in my hostel where I was staying, because I was staying in a hostel where we did like Timaskals, and like that community went to the jungle and they told me like, Steph, if you did with the right intention to get closer to yourself, it's not a drugs, then it's just like a medicine. So I started thinking fast and I decided, okay, I will do it. But yeah, I didn't really did a diet or anything and like, uh, it was like very impulsively that I decided to go and my fear was like insects and all sorts oh, yeah. of animals in the jungle yeah so we were living there but it was also really strange there was like 60 people like so many mm -hmm. the shaman was not talking any English and like everyone who was able to translate was drinking by themselves so I didn't really feel safe to really sink into my process and we were just laying on like a piece of plastic i put just like some some blanket and a towel or there was like so uncomfortable like just in the middle of the nature um there was like bugs everywhere and like that was my fear and after my first cup i was like tripping a bit and i saw like colors and like the vibration of the nature all of a sudden i got like i felt like things falling on my body it was like what the fuck is this and put my eyes and I see like so many bugs, like cockroaches and then, then like oh. everything. I was like, uh, I was like trying to get rid of them and like burning them with, with my lighter. And at a certain point I realized, okay, Steph, maybe you're making this up in your own mind. Maybe it's not for real. It's not real, just say it's not So I, I kind of got comfortable with it. And then like, yeah, eventually so many hours later when it was completely sober again, there was like a bunch of... Uh, that and burn bugs so they were real nature really gave me what my fear was yeah but i didn't drink much after the first cup because i was like yeah i don't really feel safe everyone was just like getting away to like go to the toilet somewhere between the trees yeah, but when you're walking yeah, yeah like it's dark there was yeah for me it was not a good guidance but for so many other people they were like oh yeah this was perfect so it's very personal yeah and yeah, I personally prefer like a good guidance and also like sometimes you can hang into a loop if something is repeating and repeating and repeating. So it's good if you have someone with you who's like guiding you out or gives you like a little bit of wrapping in between to yeah. sink in, in or like ground again. And also like if you have the drums, they can be like very powerful to yeah. go deeper into a certain wave. So Okay, yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about tomorrow. Um, really curious what it will bring me. I already have so many insights after Iraska. I can't imagine that if there is more, but I believe there is always more to learn. And yeah, can't wait. To, uh, I'll see you then tomorrow with that. Um, now, telling me also, you did ice baths. Let's go change the topic a little bit. Uh, but this is something I want to cover up as well. 
uh, I was always very fascinated about it because I, that's, uh, I just do still cold showers every day and it takes some sort of discipline, some sort of strong mindset. Um, you need to, you need to kind of really force yourself into it, even on the days you really don't feel like it or you're super tired. And you just want to crawl in the sofa and, and put a warm blanket around, but then you still need to take your cold shower. That's hard, but it's so relieving also at the same time. Mm. And uh, it's a bit addictive because once you do it, you feel like you cannot really, if, if you just take a simple shower, there is something missing and you miss that feeling of the heightened um, dopamine, I guess. Um, so let me tell me about your experience, why you did it, what bene benefits you got from it, why would you recommend it to someone to do it, to our listeners, and uh, why 33 minutes? <laughs> How? How? Um, I got to know it like a couple of years ago, so I started just with like cold showers. Um, I started um, reading the book of Wim Hof, um, so like the, the breath work. Mm -hmm. Um, followed by cold showers and then like a couple months ago um, the guys of biohackers reached out to me they also have like a podcast they uh, invited me and there I did like my first real cold ice bath for 22 minutes back then oh, uh, first time. yeah no it was not the first time I did a lot of cold showers and then like I uh, experienced a few ice baths, but that was... The first time, uh, how many minutes did you sit? The, the first time, time, I think, only like a couple of minutes, like okay. uh, yeah. three minutes. Uh, and then they invited me. So I was like, before the podcast, everyone goes into the ice bath. And I was just planning to do like five minutes because after five minutes, you have the benefits. Um, and so they told me like, yeah, for the women, like the record for the women is six minutes. So I was like, okay. Then the ego comes in, my ego, like, I want to I wanna go over those six minutes. Um, and then at a certain point, he said, like, yeah, with, at the guys, the guys' records is 15 minutes. So I was like, 50 or 15? 15. I was like, hmm. <laughs> I'll do 16, man. <laughs> it was really my ego talking. And then at a certain point, we were, like, at 17 minutes. And it was a few minutes before, like, I don't know what time it was, like, let's say three o'clock and I was like, okay, then I just go to three o'clock. Then I did like uh, 20 minutes. Then I said, okay, no, we're going to do 22 because like, yeah, with the angel numbers, I want to just, just have like yeah. double number. And it was the first time that I did such a long time. Um, but was it the first and the last time? No, but the warming up afterwards was like pretty intense. I was not prepared for that. Yeah. So yeah, your, your fingers and your toes are really burning. And I was like, sitting in like a sauna for a while I was shaking so much so they put me under a shower um and then yeah I felt really great actually because I, I think it took me like only the entire week that I was like really calmed down I could not stress so I was like really relaxed and then um yeah I kept going with with the cold showers but for me the cold shower is more challenging yeah, because when you when you dip into an ice bath, that you're surrounded with cold water, and you're heating up actually. The shower is like the water is never touching the entire part of your body, so it's like oh, this is annoying. And then like uh, I think a month ago they did another event, so I went there and I was not planning to like um, beat my own records because like I, I did like the week before I did the buffalo. A ceremony so it was uh, like very sensitive to everything mm -hmm. um and I was going to get on my period as well so I was like okay I'm just going to do five minutes mm -hmm. but then they told me like someone broke your records so he went over three two minutes and I was like okay I'm going to challenge myself again and then yeah all of a sudden I was at 33 minutes and then I felt okay you reached your maximum because I couldn't do more yeah my ego could have done more, but then it was hard afterwards. But that's also dangerous for your heart. And yeah, yeah, it's actually not that good to like do a long amount of time because uh, it is beneficial, but only till a certain amount of minutes, and then you're losing all your energy again. Yeah. So, but yeah, sometimes I just like in the type of events. I just like to challenge yeah, myself. You challenge to see how strong I am, or like. Mm -hmm. To push the boundaries. Yeah. Even though my body says, okay, you have to get out now because it's cold. Like, 
how strong my mind is. Like, no, oh, you can keep going. Just like try to get over that shiver and like try to become comfortable with the uncomfortable because we're often or easily um, tempted to say like, okay, this is not nice. This is something I don't know. So yeah. I'm going to quit. So I'm going to stop. Or they don't even start doing it yeah. because it's too uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just challenging yourself. What, what, are, what are the best benefits? So you sleep well afterwards? No, you sleep well, you, you're less stressed because uh, the heartbeat um, goes down with a couple of beats mm -hmm. per minute. Um, re regeneration of the cells. So yeah. What's the difference between cold shower benefits and the ice bath? I think it's, it's like, I'm, I'm not an expert in, in, in ice baths, but yeah, cold showers, it's, is it 16 degrees, the coldest it can get? The ice baths that the guys make are like a uh, half degree, even under one degree, sometimes even minus uh, a half. So yeah, it's much colder. It's probably comparing something like when in Russia we, uh, we get, we we cut the hole in the lake and then we just jump in a in a water. That's something like that. The temperature. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is even yeah. colder, I guess. Yeah. In the lake, yeah. If it's frozen, yeah, it's even colder. Yeah, I just think with the ice in the bathtub must be really minus something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Um so is there anything else you can you can still say for today to round up how to become stronger in your mind. What are the things you should do first if you are feeling lost and how to, how to do the step, yeah, how to just go for the things. I think it's just very important to take time for yourself because we're often busy and like people often say, yeah, but I have time to, to relax because I, I have a drink with friends, so that's mm -hmm. not relaxing just yeah. like take some time for yourself sit with yourself and just try to feel like what is my next step because your body knows yeah um and then just like setting your 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 boundaries yeah also towards friends that are family because it's often the most difficult mm -hmm. because we're scared to disappoint people or we're not in the mood but yeah i promise it so i will do it like if you feel like i don't want to do it now then just communicate it always communicating openly because other people won't understand you if you're not clear of what you want. Mm -hmm. And just like, yeah, don't be too impulsive. Just look very good into all the things, all the information that you can get, try to have like different options. Uh, but yeah, even if you're impulsive, that's part of the process as well. Yeah. And it's you always get, always get what you want. Yeah. Yes. So thanks for uh coming today thanks for being on my You're podcast welcome. and i'll see you tomorrow again yeah i'm <laughs> so looking forward thanks. to it bye-bye bye-bye